Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Nathan Dominitz, and we're ready to start the 2021 season with the Georgia Southern uh, Eagles. And with our guest today uh, is a familiar name, a familiar face to anyone around Statesboro uh, and recent graduate of Georgia Southern University with several degrees, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> McLean Baxley. McLean uh, was co-host of this show last year, did a great job, did, did most of the work. I'm sorry to see him go. But now McLean is a not only a graduate of Georgia Southern, but he has moved on to his first job as a full-time reporter uh, with the Athens Banner Herald. McLean, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, you say welcome, but uh, I'm coming back. I feel like that's right. Welcome back. Uh, welcome, uh, homecoming. Yeah. That's right. Well, you always have a place here, and um, you dressed appropriately, and people watch the video, so we're ready to go. Um, we. Uh, Tell us about your, your new job at the Athens Banner Herald before we get to the Eagles. Yeah, so I started, this is uh, my third week with uh, Athens Banner Herald. So I'll be covering uh, UGA recruiting and um, also high school recruiting in Athens area. So we've got about 17 high schools. Um, it's you know mostly 95% football, um, you know, some basketball here or there. But yeah, so whenever, uh, you know, Kirby Smart's got a new guy on his radar, you know, I know first and, and you know, we're reporting on that and, uh yeah, so it's been a fun learning curve, definitely different than Statesboro and, and Georgia Southern, but um, I'm enjoying it so far. Well, you're a very hard worker. I just want to know, do you ever get any sleep? Because these high school kids are always awake. Yeah, they don't they don't uh, keep the reporters in mind when they're committing <laughs> or dropping their lists and stuff. Um, we had a kid, uh, Saturday, Saturday night, he chose to commit at 7 o'clock p.m. Saturday night, a random Saturday, this kid from North Carolina. Um, so that was fun, um, but uh, but no, it's been good. It's been it's been nice. It's been it's it's been it's what I expected and what I wanted. Well, I hope there is some sort of break in there eventually. Maybe not in a seven day period, but maybe uh, at some point in the calendar year, you can actually uh, not be on Twitter or any kind of social media or on the phone or on a computer, trying to keep up with the world. But I, I'm I'm sure the readers are already grateful to have somebody uh, watching out for them with all the signings because the Georgia football and the kids around Athens, there's a lot of great talent, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're still in the fold. You're still in a, a, at a Gannett paper. We're a Gannett paper. And, uh, of course, having worked with you last year, I'm, I'm really happy for you to, to be working full time and, and um, doing great. So congratulations. Um, I know we're talking today about a, a topic near and dear to your heart, a topic you know very well. Uh, besides a lot of other topics I could name, but Georgia Southern football in particular, when I, we talk about, well, you, you covered the team as a beat more or less for five years, right? Yeah, I mean, I started um, with spring sports in the spring of 2017, 
Um, and then starting that fall, fall 2017, you know, every, every football year I was, I was doing it. And, uh, I know you've written about some of your favorite memories. When you think about Georgia Southern football, what's the first image or vision that comes into your head? Um, I mean, probably Chad Lunsford, you know, doing something crazy or talking to him. <laughs> I know, you know, in my, when I, when I was leaving, you know, back in May and April, um, you know, I wrote a couple columns about, like, you know, my favorite stuff and favorite memories, um, covering the teams and, and living in Statesboro. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was just such a personable, um, I know it's kind of a cliche, but I mean, you know, Lunsford and, and, you know, coach Howard, a women's basketball, I mean, uh, Jared Rinko, the AD, they, they made you feel welcomed. You know, obviously we still, kept the objectivity you know when when you know things happen we still covered them and, and covered them fairly and and honestly um but i mean i think there was uh, just such a great uh, respect for everyone in there about what i was doing as a reporter and uh, both as a student and as a you know professional reporter that's excellent and uh you got to see a lot of wins uh, for georgia southern and some tough losses uh, last season was uh to quote chad lunsford the head coach a roller coaster ride i talked to him yesterday and we we covered some ground about last year and, and what's coming up this year. Um, a lot of close wins, a lot of close losses. Uh, I, I recommended uh, fans get their hearts checked because it was going to be a test every Saturday. Uh, I, I, and I, I, I think there was only one game, the UMass game, that uh, that was uh, kind of a cakewalk. Everything else was um, you didn't know until the last play a lot of times who was going to win. Yeah, it was definitely me and that. <laughs> It made, uh, you know, fortunately we didn't have any deadline days, but, you know, fortunately we didn't have to work on that too much um, or because, because I mean, like you said, it went down to last play, last quarter. Um, I think probably, I mean, I, I guess the bowl game against Louisiana Tech it was right. a blowout and then the UMass game where, where they shut out uh, the Minutemen their first game of the season. So, Very good, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, even, you know, the FCS game against Campbell where, where they had 33 guys out and, you know, yeah. Two rivalry games against App State and Georgia State. I mean, every game was was a was a nail-biting win or loss. Yeah. Uh, so they went eight and five last season, including the bowl win over Louisiana Tech in the R and L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. That was a great uh, way for the team to end the season and build momentum toward this year on what was a uh, really a, a a long year for a lot of reasons. When we when we kicked off the podcast last season, we tried to talk about the uh, the summer between the pandemic, uh, testing, player availability, players not being on campus. Um, there were social injustice issues that came up national, you know, worldwide that were brought home to campus. Um, just a lot going on. And then there was football and the Campbell game was the season opener. And like you said, they, they were missing 33 players, I believe, mainly for contact tracing, but also usual reasons like injuries and coaches decision. But it was pretty much a, a that was my welcome to in-person Georgia Southern games. And that game went down to the onside kick against a team that they were supposed to on paper handle uh, relatively easily. So when you look at last season, a lot of close wins, the, the army game was one they probably sh felt they should have won. Uh, the Louisiana game was one they probably felt they should have won with the great comeback. Uh, but they also could have lost to, uh, to Campbell. They could have lost to ULM, right? Um, State, lot, Troy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it tells you about the nature of um, when you live on the edge like that, you're going to just the probabilities are going to kind of work for you or against you just as the ball bounces. So you don't want to leave it up to that. But what did you like about the team last season, which was shy where it's 11th year starting, no, four, fourth year starting, 
Um, Shai Wirtz now uh, at Louis, Louisville as a, as a wide receiver in that extra COVID year, that extra super senior year. So he's not here. But uh, thinking about last year uh, as we cover ground before we get to this season, uh, what did you what did you think about that 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 uh, that end of an era for Shy Words? Yeah, I mean, I think it was it was kind of in, multi, in one way it was kind of a, a closing. You know, you had like that the bull win. Um, we talked about it both writing and also on, on podcasts and on social media and stuff about how that bull win. You, you had Shy Words. You know, his last game. You had uh, Raymond Johnson's last game, and it was just kind of like a perfect like here's the mm-hmm. tying the bow on your Georgia Southern career. Um, go out with a bang, um, and, and, and especially for Shy Wirtz, a guy that you know was the guy for four years, and, and you mm-hmm. know was constantly you know dealing with injury, dealing with you know off the field stuff that wasn't his you know his creation, um, you know it wasn't by choice, and so uh, for him to come back, you know we didn't we didn't even know until he stepped on the field that he was going to be starting, right? Um, to come out and have that performance and just you know wrap it up, and obviously I think. With, with when some guys transfer schools, I think there's you know in the fan base is a bit of a grudge like oh why why did you just use George Southern as like a stepping stone? But I think for Shy Words and even uh, you know a little bit uh, Kendrick Duncan, but I mean especially Shy like he was he did four years and you know he went from the 0 and 11 or uh, excuse me a uh, two and 10 team uh, 2017 to the next year you know winning a bowl game and, and 10 win season to Last year, you know, it, again, winning a, winning a bowl game, having eight wins in a really weird, uh, uncomfortable season. So um, I think that when, they, when he left and we decided to go, because he wants to go to the NFL. And, and obviously, as a quarterback in an option system, that's not going to happen, really. Um, I, can, I, I can't even think of the last mm-hmm. quarterback yeah. who went to the NFL and played quarterback from an option team. Um, yeah. Obviously, you had you know, Jared McKinnon, who's now a running back in the NFL. Right. And he was a quarterback at Southern, so um, right. yeah, and, and, and so it was, a, it was a good wrapping. But you also had you introduced. I feel like it's like a transition show, um, you know, where you leave some characters behind and then you pick up new ones, like you know Derek Canteen, uh, mm-hmm. Anthony Wilson, um, you know Justin Ellis. You know, really had his had kind of a breakout year last year, and these guys that are setting up for this 2021 season. Yeah, and 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 another quarterback, Jason Foster, going going a few years back who uh, was excellent at Georgia Southern. And then I guess they thought he'd have to do the wide receiver running back kick returner or Canadian football league route. But it is, it is tough. It is tough to come out of a triple option offense when you don't have a, a, a pro quarterback's arm and, and uh, the experience. And so yeah, for, for shy to try to become a wide receiver at this point in his career, I guess it's the, I think it's a great strategy for him. It did leave an interesting, um, situation for quarterbacks which we could probably spend an hour talking about but we won't we won't take an hour but we will talk about it uh but one last thing so you look at eight and five and then you look at how georgia southern um has expectations every year to be a winning team to win or compete for the conference title win the conference title play in bowl games is now the expectation uh i don't want to say what if like what if they had lost that bowl game because the uh, louisiana tech was supposed to be a really tight uh, contest there but if they go seven and six, we're talking at a different tone. Eight and five coming off a win. You, I think they, they beat who they were supposed to beat, and they almost beat some teams they weren't supposed to beat. I don't think at Army they were favored. I don't think at Louisiana, a ranked Louisiana, they were anywhere close to being uh, favored by anyone to win that game. And they it took, what, a 53-yard field goal on the last play for Louisiana to win? Yeah. Um, so what did you think? In, in the grand scheme of things, what does eight and five say? 
about uh, how Chad Lunsford's program is, what direction they're going. I think it is crazy because the year before they did go seven and six. They did, you know, in that year, they their losses were to national champion uh, LSU. Uh, mm-hmm. They still lost to Georgia State, but then they, you know, beat App State, a ranked App State team on the road. And so you had, and then, but then, like you said, you ended with a really ugly, really boring game against uh, Liberty in Orlando. <laughs> Fast forward a year, pretty much the same record. You still lose to Georgia State. Uh, you actually lose to your other rival, App State. Um, and you lose to a couple of, you know, two conference uh, ranked conference teams, um, both on the road. But like you said, you know, you end with that, you know, 30 plus uh, victory uh, in a bowl game. And, and I think the fans, obviously, this, like you said, there's like expectations because, you know, 20 years ago where they were, you know, winning conferences, winning national national championships every year. And, and they have yet to even really be in the hunt for conference championships since 2014 right. when they came out and won eight and oh or, uh, you know, went 8-0 in conference to win the Sun Belt their first year here. So um, I think they're still – I think that was like we can win conference championships at the division or at, at FPS level, um, but we can't do it. We haven't done it since because I don't think – I think if you look back at the years, even before the conference championship game, Sun Belt championship game came into play, there was no real season that they were ever really in the uh, in the hunt for it. Yeah. And I'll ask you about if Chad Lunsford is indeed on a hot seat. That's been a popular national topic. I'll let you stew about that a little bit. And I'm going to take a break for uh, to talk about um, this Phantom Morning News. So pardon me, McLean. Uh, let's, we'll, be, we'll be right back with McLean in a minute. But I'm going to let you know that uh, I would like to plug the best source for local news in Savannah. That's the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com. You want to know the latest on Georgia Southern football, like we've been talking about, or which high school football teams are hot and which are not in the Coastal Empire? How about uh, the Savannah State Tigers and, and how football is back on the marsh uh, full time after all the stops and starts with the pandemic? Well, we have coverage of that and more, including news, features, and opinion columns. And if you aren't a subscriber, now's the time to, to try us out. You can get full access to our digital content for Get this, $1 a month for the next six months. $1 for six months. Go to savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and sign up. That's savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and sign up. And now we'll welcome back in our second part of the show. We'll welcome back McLean. He probably had a nice cold refreshing beverage. And uh, and we're back. So McLean, uh, we were talking about, is Chad Lunsford actually on a hot seat? Um, I sat across from him yesterday. He was sitting down. I don't think his uh, seat was hot in terms of uh, maybe the here and now, but if things don't start well, and and it's a very difficult uh, schedule in 2021 on paper, if things start a little rough, I I assume people are going to start questioning things, or maybe they always do. But do you think that there's going to be a fair reckoning of this season, or people already built up expectations and and, uh, biases? I think it's I think it's interesting. So this is this is going to be his fourth full year. You know, he coached uh, half the season in uh, 2017, that you know tumultuous mm-hmm. year. But so this is his fourth full season. And he came out of the gate and went what 10 and three, beat App State, beat Georgia State, and then won a bowl game. I mean, that's you know I don't know if that was his fault or not, but uh, mm-hmm. that was uh, he came out of the gate swinging and hasn't lived up to that season yet. Um, like you said, this is a very challenging year, uh, but you do have Coastal and Louisiana. In Statesboro, I mean, those, those, mm-hmm. and I think that I don't know if that helps or hurts um, Georgia Southern and Chad Lunsford because 
you know, they, they're preseason ranked. Um, that's never happened before. Um, there's there's two Sunbelt teams that are right. ranked. And um, so, I mean, nationally, they're in the conversation of, you know, some of the best teams in G5. You know, every year leading up to that, I think there'd be one team, you know, you'd have uh, for, for a long, most of the time it was App State. Um, you know, that was, oh, can they make the playoff or can they make mm-hmm. the uh, New Year's Six Bowl from the Sunbelt? Um, and now you've got two teams that are really pushing that conversation and, um for several years now, they, they've, they've been the standard, or Coastal especially very recently. So I think it's been shown that they can reach national relevance. Um, and so I don't know if that hurts, um, you know, Chad Lunsford and yeah. George Southern, because you see that your, you know, division, two of your division rivals, you know, in App State and Coastal have done it year in and year out. Or if it helps them that, hey, there's these two really good teams that are, you know, that that's at least, you know, one loss, you know, if you split that series on your on your schedule. So it's an interesting uh, complex right now. Yeah, I think you're right. You 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 do want them at home. And that meant that they did play them on the road and and um, App State was here. But Louisiana on the road was a tough one. And that was a very competitive game, as we've discussed, as people saw the Coastal Carolina game was even until the fourth quarter. And then that teal teal blue field really heated up. And I mean that literally it was very hot on the field. Um, and they just faltered in the fourth quarter. The other side made big plays, as Coastal Carolina had all year, and they were even using their backup quarterback um, with Grayson McCall out that game. And I, I think people really like Coastal Carolina because they have so many guys back, including Grayson McCall, who's going to be an All-American consideration, maybe even a Heisman consideration, playing a, a marquee position. Hey, he's only a, a, a second-year freshman. True sophomore, yeah. True sophomore, so... Uh, yeah, so no, but he's really good, but they're all, they also, I don't call him a one-year wonder, but they only, their, their sample size is very short compared to a Mississippi, I'm assuming it's compared to an Appalachian state or even Louisiana, which kind of gets lost sometimes in the, in the, when people are talking about the Sun Belt. but, uh, obviously very good team with a very hot coach and Billy Napier, very, it could be coaching an SEC school if probably if you wanted to right now. So having, having, uh, some of the best teams at home playing BYU here in Statesboro, that's going to be opportunities. And I talked to uh, Chad Lunsford yesterday. I said, how do you like your schedule? And he said, I, uh, with all the quarterback situation, which we'll get to in a moment, but uh, you open with an FCS school in Gardner Webb and you open at home and you don't have a quarterback who's ever started a game starting for you, um, starting a college game, starting for you, on Saturday. So he said, that's the part he likes. He's not going to call it a warm up. He's not going to downgrade Gardner Webb. And after what happened with Campbell last year, I don't blame him. There's so much unpredictability, but I think for it's, it's to their advantage to open when get the kinks out, see who can do what uh, by playing, not by opening against Clemson like George is, but open and they're coming from a different position, a different momentum, but opening against Gardner Webb, seeing what happens with the rookie quarterback, whoever it is, and then see if you can get through that non-conference schedule of um, Gardner-Webb, Florida Atlantic at Florida Atlantic, which is going to be tough, at Arkansas, which there will be no expectation, I assume, for Spanish, for Georgia Southern to come through. And then you got the conference schedule, and hopefully you got some momentum, you got some stuff in place. So their schedule is probably as difficult as one I can remember on paper, but they also have a the, the the calendar kind of gives them a shot. This schedule is very similar, in my opinion, to the 2018 schedule. 2018, they opened against South Carolina State, an FCS school, then they hosted UMass, you know, an FBS team, 
and then they went to Clemson, who ended up winning the national championship that year. So um, very similar as far as they, they got an FCS team at home. They play another, you know, G5 team, and they go to, you know, a Power 5 school. Um, and it's obviously a lot different. You know, Clemson, like I said, you know, was a top five team, top two team, really, when they played them and ended up winning the national championship that year. Arkansas, I don't think, is going to be even playing in a bowl game this year, but still an SEC opponent and still, you know, that, that road environment, a four o'clock kick, uh, Eastern. Um, but, but yeah, and then they get right. And then in 2018, they had a bye week and then they hosted Arkansas State. And that's where you had the crazy, you know, Wesley Kennedy um, misdirection that, that ended up winning, walking off the game. Um, so very similar uh, schedule to that as far as, you know, who's playing where. Obviously, you know, they'll, they'll, they will also have, like we said, you know, they'll have Louisiana, Georgia State, and Coastal Carolina all in Paulson Stadium as the year goes on. And, and those are three teams that have that you struggled against, um, yeah, yeah. especially last year. So if you've got everything going for you, you've got a healthy team, you've got the home field, that, and you've got a team that might be ranked or probably will be ranked with a couple of those, if they don't eat, kind of beat each other up during the season, I think that's a whole that's a conversation for another show. Let's let's get to the quarterback situation. We're we're taping this on Tuesday afternoon. On Monday afternoon, Chad Lunsford said that he knows who the starter is going to be. He's not going to tell us. He's not going to tell the public. Get some that's a strategy, but also you can expect two quarterbacks to play, maybe three. And with the through the three we're talking about, true freshman Cam Ransom, who looks the part. Redshirt freshman Sam Kenderson, who got hurt last year, didn't play a whole lot. Maybe two snaps behind offense, um, a couple on special teams. And then um, a transfer from Tulane, Amari uh, Jones, who came here to be a running back, wide receiver, kick returner, punt returner, is all, already preseason, all Sunbelt, and at least, at least one uh, op, uh, organization's mind because of his sheer talent. And he's going to be asked perhaps to run some sort of wildcat or, or who knows what on a given play to be the quarterback. He definitely has what Chad Lunsford has said he likes about him is he's played in front of the big lights. He understands the whole game atmosphere and he's not going to be getting butterflies. And the other guys, he expects them to have some butterflies getting behind center. But what do you like about the quarterback situation? And what are you really wondering about the quarterback situation? I'll be shocked if it isn't Cam Ranson taking first, uh, first team snaps. Um, Like you said, he, and he's a guy that, you know, highly recruited, had several power five offers uh, coming out of Florida, um, you know, high school in Florida. Um, but he, uh, you know, had a lot, a lot of, a lot of potential. Like you said, he's got the, he's, you know, six, three, two, 15, a perfect, you know, mm-hmm. very similar to, you know, a shy words or, or, you know, an army or Navy guy um, that, that can run. And he has to throw if he, if, if necessary, because he can do like, George Simmons in a luxury right now where they've got several good, uh, skill position players, you know, and at receiver in, in the slot. So I'll be shocked if Cam Ransom isn't the the guy starting the game. Obviously, if he gets out there, looks cold and or you know looks nervous. I mean, I expect Sam Kenderson to play as well, um, just because mm-hmm. he's been here for two years now. I mean, he yeah. he was the guy that when Shaw went down uh, last year and then Tomlin went down uh, against Georgia State, he went in for two snaps before getting injured, and and he's a smaller dude. Um, Super He's got a, he understands the program and, and understands, uh, you know, what's expected and, and everything. So, uh, but yeah, if I was a gambling man, I'm not a gambling man, <laughs> but if I was a gambling man, I would, I would put a lot of money on, on Cam Ransom starting uh, on Saturday against the Garner Webb. Well, I think they, they also, we haven't seen them play obviously behind center, but they offer I think they offer a change of pace. Cam Ransom's more of a thrower, a lot more of a thrower 
than Sam Kenderson has shown so far. And he also can run, like you said, he's also big and powerful. But if they want him to throw from the pocket and and uh, throw deep or throw short, if he's kind of got that in a groove there, and then you bring Sam Kenderson in and he could maybe uh, the, the quarterback option might be him a lot. That's what we saw in the scrimmages where he decided to tuck the ball under his arm and take off. And I know the, the rules on the, the, the scrimmage are don't touch the quarterback. So we don't really didn't see people going all out, but he definitely looks quick and he definitely uh, knows how to operate in open space. Um, I also see this as a, um, you know, like I said, this is, this is Lunch's fourth year. So he, these are all guys that he recruited. Um, mm-hmm. he, he recruited most of the guys cause he was, you know, very prevalent, uh, you know, under the previous you know, head coaching staffs, but I mean, this is his, this is his team. You know, this was, this was his guy, a guy that, when Ransom committed, it was it was kind of a big deal. He was a three-star, I'm pretty sure, uh, from again from Florida, a very you know football-heavy state. Um, and so if he if he can be like, here's my guy, and we're gonna see this guy go the next three or four years, and, and see him develop, and, and that's how you kind of judge me, because I think a lot of times coaches are judged by their quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if Ransom can be that guy, the guy that you know starts three or four years, like we saw with with Shy, like we saw with um, what's his name, yeah. Uh, Guy that had a two-quarterback system back in 2015. Oh, okay. Upshaw and Allison. Allison, yeah. I mean, those guys came in as freshmen and sophomores, and they worked their way into senior year to again with a bowl-winning bowl game uh, to in their career. So uh, that, that's fully how I expect this. This. Well, I'm sure they would like a good problem to have with a, a hot freshman quarterback, and then Justin Tomlin there to try to win back the position that seemed to be almost handed to him in the preseason. Uh, Justin Tomlin, just as a reminder, uh, had some academic issues. I uh, was getting suspended for the first two games of the season. He said that he's back in good academic standing and will be eligible for game three, which is at Arkansas. Not an easy uh, chore, especially for a quarterback that hadn't played in a game since being injured last year against, what, Appalachian State? Yeah. So it's been a while, but he he definitely was the smoothest of all the quarterback candidates in in spring and in and in the fall, so uh, there's only so many snaps to go around. But uh, uh, I think this is an optimistic view of things. We don't we know what a pessimistic would view, where you have shaky quarterback play, and then you have all those good running backs. You have a, a pretty Webb solid can, defensive back. And if Gardner Webb comes out like uh, Campbell did, and it's a game where, uh-huh. it, I mean, I think I think you know a lot of I think the the narrative would be to treat this game like a scrimmage, like a spring game um, and, and see what you have, you know, maybe even Amari Jones gets some reps uh, at quarterback or, or maybe, you know, Naj Thompson or Caleb Hood get some, some <laughs> wildcat stuff going um, as, as they probably could. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think for George center fans <laughs> sakes and Lunsford's sakes, I think they're going to treat this like it's a, uh, like a practice or a scrimmage and, and see what they have before going on the road to FAU and, and Arkansas. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting season. Like you said, the schedule looks very tough. The team has a lot of obvious strengths and some uh, question marks, starting with the quarterback. And uh, the uh, we're almost out of time, so I do want to ask you about a little bit about, well, for Gardner-Webb's sake, it's an FCS team. Just real quick, they, they played a spring schedule because of the pandemic. They went 2-2. Two and two. They lost the two Big South Conference teams, but they got a lot of Division One talent. If you talk to people about Gardner-Webb uh, at quarterback, on the defensive line at running back, uh, they lost some wide receivers and transfer portal, but they got some others coming in. So there's some guys that that the talk is that these guys could play uh, for Georgia Southern or against Georgia Southern, and they just happen to be a Gardner Webb. So 
having lived through uh, several George Southern seasons uh, in person, do you have any kind of nervousness about this game? Is there something like, hey, they need to be prepared, They're, they shouldn't take anybody lightly, and especially your season opener? Well, yeah, I mean, just recently, uh, you know, since <laughs> I've been covering the team in 2017, people will forget, people will remember they lost to an SDS team uh, against New Hampshire in Birmingham uh, to, to the second game of the season. And then, like you said, last year, um, you know, it, it they were they were one onside kick or one uh, you know two point conversion away from losing the season opener to another FCS team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they should not be taking any team lightly. I think where this game is going to be uh, dictated is going to be how George Stern's offense gets into a rhythm uh, mm-hmm. with the quarterback, with the offensive line, with the you know, moving parts and new play, new faces and new places because I think the defense should be okay. Um, honestly, yeah. maybe I think that defensive line is going to be one of the top ones uh, in, in not just Sunbelt, but I think in you know, group of five. Um, and then, you know, you've got a, for the first time, I mean, I'm going to knock on some wood for Georgetown fans, <laughs> but uh, for the first time in a long time, you've got a committed backfield, uh, defensive backfield, you know, with you know, Derek Canteen, he's an all American, um, you know, nod, you know, Daryl Baker's got tons of experience, just in first song. Years, as well. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they, there's a lot of depth and experience there in the backfield. So I don't think defense is going to be a problem. I think it's going to be scoring. Um, you know, if, if they have to get into a uh, you know field goal situation, like we saw several times. Um, I think it was a Louisiana where they missed a couple of field goals, and, and yeah. that ended up being the difference. Um, so I mean, if the offense can score and move the ball like they want to, I mean, I think it should be a pretty comfortable win for the Eagles. Yeah, just to, to run down the lineup, I've got it online right now on savannahnow.com, uh, sent uh, online earlier. I had Chad Lunsford's tentative starting lineup, quarterback, of course, being a big uh, question mark. But, um, you know, you got dependable. There's a lot of seniors, redshirt seniors. Uh, f- there's a couple six-year guys. There's a couple fifth-year guys, seniors uh, that, you know, you get you, – you lost Ken Derek Duncan. You lost uh, 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 a couple – another uh, – to South Carolina, another defense back's name is escaping me. But you have um, Darren Kinkin back, Anthony Wilson, uh, Daryl Baker, um, and Birdsong, um, Justin Birdsong at the at the safety, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure I get my my names right. I don't want to. Yeah, Justin. And, so I know that, like you said, there's a lot of experience as well in that offensive line. But I think that's something, especially in the option, that that if your op- if your offensive line is not moving correctly, if they're not gelling together, you're you're screwed. And and. I think while a lot of these guys are juniors and seniors, retro juniors uh, here and there, I mean, working together and, and, you know, getting the snap count around, snap count right with whatever quarterbacks back there, uh, you know, multiple quarterbacks I expect um, throughout the season, mm-hmm. even when, you know, Tomlin or whoever ends up being, you know, definitive guy. I mean, I, I, Georgetown is not one to, you know, get away from the Wildcat or having J.D. King take snaps or whatever. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's going to be a fun season. Um, I think they're, their shakiest part, like I mentioned a little bit, is, is that special teams. You know, obviously Anthony Beck's the guy, but I mean, between you know, Alex Rayner and Britton Williams and a new long snapper, I mean, that could yeah, be. Yeah, and just as a, as a local note, uh, Brit, uh, Lunsford did say it's between Alex Rayner and Britton Williams. They're still sorting through that. Britton is a Williams is a freshman out of Richmond Hill High School with a, a good pedigree as a as a, and a strong leg. Anthony Beck, like I said, is that all conference candidate every year at punter. Uh, from South Effingham, uh, their new long snapper replacing, you know, an all-conference long snapper is uh, is Mark Langston from South uh, Savannah Christian uh, by way of transfer, I think, from Kennesaw State. So they've got um, – and the, the half the offensive line is going to be new starters. They've got Brian Miller and Aaron Dowdell back, but uh, Caleb Kelly 
and Khalil, um, yeah, Crowder, thank you. They're uh, they're going to be there right now. They're penciled in as the starters. And uh, like I said, there are a lot of familiar names back there. Uh, familiar, I should be more familiar. But uh, anyway, uh, we're coming to the end of the show. I, I think uh, we want McLean to come back every week, but we're going to give him a little bit of a break because we can't pay him that much. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> McLean, uh, thanks for being a guest. A wonderful time again. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, talking Georgia Southern football is uh, one of your expertise areas amongst many. And uh, I really thank you for your time. And I hope everybody enjoyed listening to the first podcast of the season. We'll be back every week with Georgia Southern Extra. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next week. Oh, he will. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. Swings on the way.